just became a raven. Your art matters. That's what got me here. Let's go, let's go. Ravens on three. One, two, three, Ravens. So, hello and welcome. To, don't laugh at me. Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 137 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season seven, episode seven. I and love and you. I'm Drew Barrymore, and you're listening to The Ravens Podcast with Simon and Dom. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 7, Episode 7, I and Love and You. Dom, we're here. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad to be back where it's all cuddly and safe and wonderful and podland with you, my friend. And I really like the fact that it's season seven, episode seven, and it's my 137th episode that I've seen. There you go. Lots of sevens. A lot of sevens there. And yes, Dom is saying we're safe here because we just recorded a movie episode on called on on the movie wind talkers which is a war film so we've gone away from war we're back in tree hill where there is some dramatic wars i guess <laughs> of egos and personalities but nothing where you know a lot of violence is ensuing so that's nobody exploded in this episode of one tree hill right okay yeah. exactly <laughs> um but just before just before i introduce our very very important esteemed guest Dom, I've noticed every time we do these intros, you're throwing a little bit of spice on the One Tree Hill and you're saying it a bit like, I've seen 137 episodes of One Tree Hill. <laughs> Are you doing that on purpose? Is this like some sort of game that we have to notice when, when you haven't been doing that 137 times? I don't want people to think uh, it's AI doing this. So I do it a bit different every week now. So it, people don't think it's just bots doing all this talking, all this nonsense that comes out of us. Excellent. Okay. Especially Good. the intro, because like, I think we mentioned it a few times. First, I need to ask how you are, because I haven't got that far yet. But you say the intro every week, and I think people hmm. will assume that it's just a recording. And I, it's like, and I'm dumb, and this is the... You know, I'm Dom and I've seen 137 and I just throw the number in and you just mess about with the coins. But we don't. We say the same intro every week and that's the 137th time we've done that. And I just thought, you know, since season six, I think I've been saying One Tree Hill a little bit differently each time. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, if people had (laughs) noticed, let us know in the comments. We want to know. I want to know if it was just me that's on the ball like this or if other people knew. But... Dom, speaking of on the ball, do you remember when we did an actual watch along in person at the Coney Heath Football Club? I do. It's what you could describe as a dingy old man bar. <laughs> it's definitely we, what you would describe as that. But we invited some friends, some ravens, one of which is here today. No. No. You was there. No. At least he was there. I think this is Mandela effect. She she definitely was. Sorry, because I was trying to run it when you said that earlier. Sorry, who was there? 
Are you serious? Yeah. Hang on a minute. So wait, who? Alicia, you was there. there. Am I just mixing up when we went to Nando's? And I thought I so who was there? But I'm glad that got confirmed. (laughs) Was you supposed to be there? What? So who? Wait, who was there? There was Kara. There was Liz, me, you, Liz, Tahani, Tahani, and Alicia. No, because Kara was visiting from the US. Is that when, when that happened? And I think yeah, I couldn't make it. I, I, maybe this is also because I went on to so Dom was oh, messed up the intro. People can hear this. Though, this is real life. Dom <laughs> had messaged you to say about you weren't responding on Instagram. So I messaged you on Patreon. And when I looked on the Patreon, I think you were taking a break from social media. And I think I must have messaged you yeah. on there to be like, hey, do you want to are you going to come to the football club? So maybe I just saw the football club and then I've just inserted you from when we went to Nando's to there. Oh, man. Okay. Well, firstly, would you like to come to Coney Heath Football Club? <laughs> the invite's there. Sure. Next time we do a watch long there, I'll come along. You show in the picture. Yeah, she's not there. <laughs> she's, she's definitely not there. So it's just, just that. That's what. Fuck's sake. There was, I mean, this isn't the worst part of my memory. There was one time, well, I won't say what it was but Dom will know but there was one time where I basically completely forgot a raven right like someone came on and I was like yes yes I can't remember (laughs) what I said I was like okay let me just walk you through how we do this you know you know welcome so glad to meet you and they're like we did an episode last season I was like Uh, of course uh, we did and I wasn't I wasn't on from the beginning I must have been, I was working or something like that and I joined and I was like hey insert name great to see you again and Simon was like what because <laughs> I'd, re- I'd remembered and he had to bless him poor, to, poor kid <laughs> to be fair I have a lot going on yeah. in my life <laughs> but Alicia I would love to, to I wish he was there like I'm going to go back to the video and like photoshop you in just put her in <laughs> right let me start again only one of two people that can officially say that they've been on every single season of our podcast Alicia I believe you came on let's see about my actual memory I'd say about is it episode 18 or something of season one I think it was because I think and this maybe says more about me and a depressing truth about me, but I think 17 is the boy toy auction. And I think I was on the one after. I, uh, Cause I know it was the one about the hospital. Cause we were saying about where they're trying to work out like the maths or the map of where, uh, everything's located in Tree yeah. Hill. And I know that Emily came on, I think, episode eight. And I think Lex came on episode 14. But you and Emily are the only two that have been on every single season. So as long as you don't drop off anywhere, as long as you're not horribly offended because I inserted you in my brain somewhere that you wasn't, uh, that you'll be, you and Emily will be the only two that can say they've done the whole gauntlet, you know, with us. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm definitely, I'm not going anywhere. If anything, just to make sure I can maintain that that record uh no matter no matter how trashy some episodes become i will be there yes <laughs> well excellent well a 
apologies and welcome back to the podcast. How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Um, just came back from holiday recently, so feeling relaxed and refreshed. And as always, depressed to be no, sorry, not depressed to be back at work. Uh, enthused for 2024. <laughs> In case anyone's listening. <laughs> I love my job so much. They treat me so well. What I would um, really like to say about tonight's episode is actually about tonight's watch along is that I already know it's going to be a shit episode because I messaged Alicia and I said, Alicia, it's your episode, episode seven. Yay. Can you come on, join us usual time, blah, 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 blah. No reply. Message Simon. Simon, can you get in touch with Alicia some other way? because uh, there's no reply and I, I don't want her to miss her episode. No problem. I then get a message from Alicia. Hey, I'm not sure if I can make it because work's a bit crazy. You've got this happening, that happening, you know, so I'm kind of 50-50. Okay, no problem. Absolutely no problem at all. I then get another message from Alicia. Is it definitely episode seven? Because if it's episode seven, I'm in. If it's episode eight, I'll come on another time. <laughs> so... Uh, my expectation is we're going to have a really great conversation about this episode and the watch along is going to be horseshit. <laughs> Please explain. Go. <laughs> I may I may be underplaying episode eight. I, I, mean, I don't know if anyone loves episode eight, but I, when I Googled and I saw like an image of what I think it is, it's an interesting episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> The good thing is, is that when anyone's listening to this, I've already watched the episode, so they'll find out what I think by watching the recording or by listening the week after. So there you go. <laughs> well, then we best we best enjoy this one. I mean, I actually can't. I never remember until the episode starts. But what I can say was that I've been looking forward to the episode we're going to talk about tonight for a long time, and this definitely is like a highlight of the later seasons for me. I mean, particularly just Dan getting her to confess. It's just so wonderful and brilliant. <laughs> and obviously we'll talk all about it, but I just love the twist. I remember watching it for the first time and when he's like got her with the, I mean, we'll go into it, but I've got the experts backstage that look at body language and blah, blah, blah. And she says it and it's just like, fuck yes, Dan, come on, come on. It's so good. So good. We're still in contact with Paul Johansson. We covered John Q last week that he was in with Denzel. I mean, what a cast. Eddie Griffin, <laughs> others. Um, <laughs> James Woods. But he, I messaged him and to say, we just covered John Q. It was so good. And you were so good in it. And he messaged back, you know, I'm not going to say like 10 minutes later. I'm going to say like 12 hours later because I was hoping he would like maybe be like, yeah, let me just send you like a quick soundbite to use. But we'd already recorded the podcast by that time. And he said, I loved it. It was such an amazing experience or something like that. And it was like, oh, good. It's good to know that the pool line of communication is still there because I was thinking, should I reach out to him to ask him to come back to talk about this episode? Because it's a good one. But I'm almost thinking we got to save him now. Like for the, like the end of the podcast, and then bring him back. So then, Dom, you would have seen everything, mm. and then we can just have the full-on conversation, no holds barred, no worrying about spoilers. But it's got to happen, right? We got to bring him back at least one more time. Yeah, definitely. I think we just 
be persistent with it as well because he if he's busy or he's working on other projects he you know he might not have the time but i think we just we hold fire and we we're just like we want to talk to you our, our, our ravens want to hear you even pigeons so you know you've got to come back but the last time i invited him on i invited him while i was walking luna home and he was like yeah i'm at the gym but i can come on in an hour and I was like, <laughs> awesome that was the time we're not recording today paul but okay (laughs) see you in an hour (laughs) i just called on quick get the mic out (laughs) hurry up (laughs) but alicia where do you want to start which thread are we going to unravel first oh um you know let's save it a little bit let's go into um the clay storyline I like it. Foreplay before we get to the Dan and <laughs> Rene thing. Can't just go straight in. You gotta warm up a little bit. But... <laughs> um, Come on, Dom. Warm us. Oh, Alicia, you're gonna no, warm us. No, okay. I was listening for one comment in saying, I actually, that this is actually my favourite storyline in the episode. Ooh. Controversial, but let's lay the groundwork. <laughs> Well, wait, wait, wait. Has it always been your favorite storyline? Is it like upon this viewing on having being older that you always, always? No, from I the think beginning? I think the first time I watched it, I was more like excited by the kind of Dan, Renee, Nathan storyline. That was like the, and even now, I think that's still the more. I don't want to say like like gripping, but yeah, kind of gripping storyline. We're like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? But. I've always, I just, I felt like the Sarah and Clay storyline, just, it was less of, it's less, so, well, I mean, it's, it's quite soapy, but it felt less soapy compared to the Dan start. And it was actually just, I don't know, kind of, it really got to me. It made, it made me like Clay. And I was like, and I remember it really vividly. And I remember it, and I think I, and I remember it more than I remember well, I think I almost think of this dance and, and the two storylines as separate episodes, but I remember it really vividly. Um, and I think it was more emotive to me than the dance stuff, which was exciting and, you know, dramatic and all that kind of stuff. But I thought the Sarah and Clay storyline was more emotive and I preferred it. Can I, can I throw in a question to, to both of you just before we get into the kind of details of what happens in their episode? um and like and in their path and journeys what are your thoughts and feelings on this simon's always kind of said there's no sort of um supernatural element but there's a lot and it's happened a lot it's like quite consistently throughout one tree hill there's a lot of dead people (laughs) that are like reappearing you know there's that ghost that spiritual element that Mm. i'm having a conversation with someone who is you know who is no more they're not there anymore you know Mm. like q keith Sarah, I think her name is, you know, um so little little Keith, like child Keith. Child Keith version, you know, there's there's all of that. There's all this element of kind of spirituality, kind of talking to people from beyond, getting kind of advice from them and information and stuff. Obviously this is you kind of expect this to be playing in people's minds, but we are also treating them like that individual character in the scene. So um kind of what are your what are your thoughts on it and that kind of theme of spirits and ghosts in One Tree Hill? I've always kind of taken it as not literally spirits and ghosts, but more it's the person's subconscious and what they think 
the other person might say to them. Um, the only thing which goes against that is Keith te- like revealing the whole damn thing to Lucas. Um, all the various things that happened there, which I just think that was a leap in the whole other direction. So if that, I think that's really one which is most supernatural-esque, but I kind of park that to one side and just ignore that to draw my own conclusion. But but even even with this one, so like, is Clay's subconscious telling him he needs to move on then? Is that is that the message I should be kind of receiving from this? Is that Sarah, it's his, his subconscious saying, you'll never forget me, I'm always going to be there. And yes, you might forget a smell or how I feel, you know, hugging me or whatever and holding me at night and all of that sort of stuff that he threw in, which is like lovely sentiment. But it, it's, I should take this as that's Clay's subconscious saying, you've got to move on. It's it's kind of normal to move yeah. on and it's it's fine to fine to do it. Yeah, I view it as him kind of giving himself permission that because he's so he's still in grief, he doesn't feel like he can give himself permission. So he's almost conjuring up his wife who he probably knows that that's what she'd want for him. Um mm-hmm. to kind of make him feel free to actually move on without feeling like he's cheating, quote unquote. Right. Uh, um, and what about you, Simon? What do you think about the spiritual side of it? Uh, yeah, I think Alicia put it perfectly. Like, I fully agree. I've always seen it like that as well. It's that it's their own internal sort of monologue, imagining what that person would say. But I guess as a filming device, that they actually have the visual of the person i mean i've actually had this before not necessarily with people that have that have passed away but i mean i will be doing something at work and i will think what my mum would say um about it like and thankfully my mum's still here with us but i would think this is partly because me and my mum used to work together and my mum was very much like uh by the book kind of thing i do everything by the book too but i just mean in terms of like uh she would think of things in a more logical way than I would, or I might let things fly for people, you know, um, again, nothing against the law, but I just mean like, you know, if uh, I can be a bit more lenient and stuff. And sometimes I'll hear my mum's voice being like, no, this is what the right way to do it is, or this is how it is. And I can kind of imagine, and then I'm almost taking her advice. She hasn't given me the advice. Like I'm imagining what she's going to say, but I'm still listening to her in my mind but it's my mind telling me you know it's all internal really but I'm not actually visualizing my mum sat next to me telling me the thing so I think I always think of it as it's like like that um but just more dramatized or more visual so that we can see it more as a as a viewer what, what do you think Dom and then also what do you think about the fact that He's going through this to give himself permission to have what maybe seems to be more of an emotional relationship, but he obviously doesn't have any qualms about having physical relationships that he must quantify them as different. Yeah, I I guess that's the... uh, I think we categorise that, or we tend to categorise it as like self-destructive, don't we? People that go on this path of just just going to sleep with whoever I'm going to drink whatever I'm going to do whatever and it's that that kind of self-destructive element is that he's obviously hurting and his only way of forgetting is to just do these things and just you know maybe a different emotion will come out of it or maybe he'll feel okay to move on because he's 
you know, slept with so many different women or, you know, he's a different girl every night, you know, maybe that's going to make him feel better in a way, but it, it doesn't because he doesn't have that connection. And that's kind of what he's looking for. And I guess with Quinn, that's the, she's kind of knocking on the, she's knocking on the door physically, but she's knocking on that emotional door, isn't she? Saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of here. I'm someone new. I'm someone who's, you know, kind of ready to take you in. Are you ready to take me in? And And he's very much saying no. And at every point, Sarah's kind of in his mind is saying yes you know you need to do this now it's time to move on and it's there's all the bits where he knows she's not really there but it's still very much like so I really I really appreciate what you're saying Simon because I I can hear like parents voice or girlfriend's voice or a friend's voice in my head and be like what would they say or what would they advise me to do and you can kind of hear the voice but he's like full-on conversation seeing this person it's like you know you're not always there I don't always see you or I haven't I can't always see you but she's suddenly there and it's just kind of like a weird added element I think sometimes to to Mm. it but you know grief affects people in very different ways I think One Tree Hill kind of categorize it as being able to visually see them or there's some sort of representation of that person Um, and it's important that us as an audience we get to see that so yeah, I swear he j- he just he can't disconnect from her um, fully, which is which is what he's struggling with. But his, I guess his subconscious mind is saying you've got to, you know, you've got to move on. It's normal, it's natural, it's healthier this way rather than being in this the state that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. And the like you were saying, Alicia, the storyline we get we get his backstory, we get his backstory, and we get Quinn's backstory. Obviously, we'll cover them separately. I mean, Don, we haven't given you your moment of ultimate smugness to be <laughs> able to say that you predicted all of this. So uh, let's give it let's give it to you now. Let's give you your flowers, Alicia. I know you're a little bit behind on the podcast, but Dom completely predicted all of this from the moment she turned up on screen. Sarah, I mean. I mean, you've got a track record here, Dom, so I've got to give it up to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. You're, you're both very, very kind. But she sort of appeared out of nowhere and suddenly knew him too well for her to be real. So it it just kind of made sense. Um, but it was nice to kind of get the realisation. It's sad. Obviously, it's very sad. And he says such a, like, like a sweet line, like, I, I can't remember what it was, but it's just like, we didn't get enough time i didn't get enough time for you and and she kind of says but you you've still got time you know you you can mm. you can still do this and it is like i think elise is right it's kind of like the most heartfelt storyline of the episode and it's nice to kind of get the full context and full understanding and you know they how they met like so even meeting on the bridge when he climbs over the barrier and he's like let's go on two it puts context on like let's like let's do this on two or whatever it is uh, or he just says on two. Is that right? And on the counter one. two, I think. Yeah. yeah he says. And then it's like jumping in on two. Um, and let's tell the grandkids. And it builds it up to this like, sweet, lovely moment. They're obviously in college. Uh, then they move into their kind of professional lives together. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, heartbreak when she sort of collapses and uh, sadly dies. But um, yeah, they, Alicia was spot on with this being a, like the emotional kind of crux of the episode, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Alicia, what did you, I mean, how do you feel about Clay 
as a character, I mean, now we've got a bit more texture for Dom anyway to be able to know a bit more about him. But are you are you a fan? Yeah, I quite I quite like that. I think he kind of came in. I think guess with both him and Quinn, it was like this later replacement. Um, and I thought Clay, he brings a new a new dynamic, which I think is is quite fun and like a buddy for Nathan. Um, and but I think up until this episode, I was still kind of on the fence. I was kind of like, what is the what is the trajectory with this character? It was it still felt like he was very filler, and then with this, I was kind of like, no, actually, as, he's like a a whole a whole person and not just someone plugging a gap there is a kind of bit more it's a bit more dynamic compared to Quinn um who I will say now I am not a fan of uh, <laughs> and you're on the right podcast for that I tell you now <laughs> despite her um no that's that, that's harsh <laughs> but true um <laughs> the actress I'm a fan of she did well in the boys I like her and other stuff Quinn as a character, awful, awful. And the her the deterioration of her marriage with David, sorry, I'm going off on, traject- on like a different trajectory, but the most yeah, ridiculous approach, approach like, like a, and just completely out of order to just disappear because what, he decided to mature and live in the real world? Well, Alicia, he wanted to provide... <laughs> for his wife and that is a really bad thing to try and do. He didn't want to be poor anymore. <laughs> Gosh, what a horrible But Dom, person. you should want to be you sh- you should want to be poor. And the thing is is sometimes if your dream's not working out for you, you should just just go for it for the rest of your life at whatever cost, you know. Just don't worry about maybe adapting. Maybe hey, maybe I'll turn it into a hobby and have a screening room. No. No, no, no. Stay the same, but also be happy all the time. Like this picture. See this happy picture? If you're not happy like this, then fuck you. <laughs> oh, sorry, not poor. We're frugal. We don't want to be poor. We want to be frugal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the worst. I, 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 all... Like, she doesn't really yeah. recognize her own fault. And, like, sure, if you're not happy, that's your business. But don't like blame him for. It's just she's just an annoying character. She's not funny. She's a waste of my time and screen. Like I just, I'm not a fan. Um, but Clay, he's decent. <laughs> but she's sniffing around the agent who's probably going to be earning twenty percent of a twenty million dollar deal. So you know but he's happy, Dom. Well, he's not though, is he? <laughs> he's, he's not, not even he's happy. <laughs> he's grieving. What the the. <laughs> The other thing is, um, I can't remember the exact saying. I'm sure somebody will please put it in the comments because I'm going to butcher it. But there's the whole point of you can't have your happiness rely on somebody else's happiness, right? To be truly... I mean, happy is also just fleeting. Like, we all get moments of it. I think really we should be trying to aim to just be, to be content, you know? And it fluctuates from ups and downs, ebbs and flows. But... Um, you can't think that this other person has to be happy for me to be happy because then you'll never be happy because you're relying on somebody else. So, you know, have that one, Quinn. Um, and then shout out to Kat. We all love you, Kat, leader of Offhead. She wrote a really poignant 
message under our last episode saying that if this was today, One Tree Hill is being made today, or to make it a bit more nuanced, the way that Quinn's coming in, it would actually be more like David was abusive to her or something. You know, there was some domestic violence or some sort of some sort of abuse going on. I, that's how I actually... I, I think I said a few episodes ago, this feels like there's something a lot deeper there. There's something a lot more that should come out for it. And that might be from modern eyes. Like, yeah, she's been, you know, unfortunately, like, lived through some abuse or, you know, there's some sort of domestic issue and she's had to get away from it and she's not opening up about it because it's like, oh, why are you here? Why are you splitting up with David? Don't you think David deserves an explanation? And she's like, no, 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 no. Pretty much the whole time. And it's like, well, it must be because David is a complete, you know, asshole uh, and like doing horrible, horrible things. But actually, no, David is just trying to move on with his life or do something different and she doesn't like it. But, uh, you know, I, I did kind of, I will... This isn't really in her defense. I did understand the this room's got no windows, and you said you were going to get me a dark room. I did get that she would be upset mm. by that, hurt by that. But you know, let's let's move on and roll with the the punches and get on with the you know move on with the times and stuff, and just kind of say to him like, hey, why don't you separate out a corner of this room and I'll have that as like a like mini dark room. That'd be awesome. Great. It's better than doing it in the fucking bathroom like you've been doing um, for a few years, isn't it? But. Um, I, yeah, I, just, I find it, I, I was expecting a lot more to come from her storyline with David than what actually happened. Fair play that he chucked all that stuff outside his house. Fair play. Considering <laughs> how she, you know, made it look, um, and basically, well, she didn't lie to him, but she said, you know, I went home with him, you know, implied. But I think you're right. I I thought that too, you know, it was meant to be her dark for him and he, you know, that, that didn't happen. But also... In relationships, these things happen. You could just... That's like normal argument stuff. Bring it up. We work it out. We compromise. Or I realize I messed up and we make it... Whatever. And we move on. But also, some we all have dreams. And hopefully, we try and continue to aspire to get them. But then there's also responsibilities, right? So sometimes you have to have... you got to take the better paying job. You can still pursue your dream when you're not at work um and still go for these things but i th- it did feel like that like quinn's kind of refusing to kind of grow up but also that's his dream it's for him to decide what he wants to do you can support him advise him whatever but you got to let him live his life and you live your own and you're still going for yours so like come on man but it must be something else what is the real problem quinn what is the problem with david yeah also, it's a big house. Use one of the other rooms as a dark room. Have the garage. There you go. Have the garage. We've got a driveway. We don't need to put the cars in there. No, use the garage. Fixed it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> can I just can I just say because I forgot to say it before we started the podcast or before we started going into this? I need to make a real big deal out of somebody of one of our ravens because we specifically requested that Ashley, particularly Ashley, would go back to like the last 15 episodes and write down what the ratings were and send them to me. Could I have done it myself, Alicia? Yes. Were you going to? No. (laughs) Do you know why, Dom? Because? Who am I? 
Say my fucking name. <laughs> You're the Colonel. <laughs> Who? <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> Say it with some bass in your voice. You're the Colonel. <laughs> Say it like a German tourist. Is the Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> you can't give orders. Okay? And I gave one out to Ashley and very kindly she obliged and sent me the ratings. And so now we can officially... So thank you, Ashley, so much. Really appreciate it. I was kind of half joking, half not. Like I would have done it, of course, but I really... To the point that she said that she knows that eventually I'll ask again. So she's just keeping a document now going forward (laughs) for the ratings. But I can officially tell you now that season six... Uh, I posted this on Instagram on our page the other day. Officially averaged at a 7.4. Ooh. That's not so bad. So I can tell you that. Uh, right. Season 1 gets an 8.3. Season 2, an 8.2. Season 3, the highest, an 8.6. Ooh. Dips down in season four to a 7.9, which I think people would think is crazy. We put season two higher than season four, but hey, these are the facts. Season five takes a dip, 6.3. That's not a surprise, is it? And then season six has come back up to a 7.4. And then so forth. So, Currently. So forth. No, that's season six, 7.4. And season oh, seven, currently... Uh, it's, been, it's been doing all right. I think it's like two eights, two sevens, and a six. So... I want to know what that is. Seven-ish. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good maths, right? I don't know. Like it. Just, just sorry, I just wanted to get that in there. Um, Alicia, when you hear things like that, you, you know, Ashley's going the extra mile and stuff, does it make you think that you don't do enough for this podcast? Um, is there some sort of way you could do more? Like some sort of, if we get in legal trouble, you'll help us out? Like what... What can you do to provide more for Well, us? I mean, I feel like it's inevitable. You'll get in legal trouble, at which point you can give me a call. <laughs> I may not pick up, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be our one phone call for whatever it is that Dom said that landed us in prison or in jail. <laughs> I can't we... help but feel that Simon would have some sort of airtight defence and everything ends up in my name and I end up in a cell. And that's I'm next to Dan Scott, you know, in prison, and he's he's scot free. Oh, scot free redemption. Do you know why? Because my name's not even Simon. What does he say <laughs> in the office? <laughs> it is like, oh, what's the name? What well, I'm sorry, uh, James Spader's name. Um, what's Robert his name California. Yeah, and he's like, that's not even my real name. I'm the fucking <laughs> Lizard King. Yeah. <laughs> Bob <Sorry>. Casamakis. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Sorry, this has gone all over the place. Alicia, where? wait, have we done enough on Quinn? Not really. And Dom, you haven't given any predictions. Well, I mean, we started with Clay. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I want to say I really like Clay. I always have from the from the beginning. I think he's funny, he has good delivery. Robert Buckley, who plays him, I thought he gave a really good performance. It's really scary, man. Like, when he was, uh, you know, when Sarah 
collapsed and passed away. It's kind of similar to like what we were saying in John Q in the, when it happened at the baseball game. It's just to think that these things can just happen out of nowhere with no pre-warning and then someone's gone. Like it's horrible. It's a real... And it's something we haven't uh, come across in One Tree Hill yet. Like we've come across death and that's and it's been really sad. But just this out of the blue for no sort of apparent reason, you know really sad and, and well done and well acted and considering there's not much screen time given it made us care about the character enough to feel upset when she passed away um yeah can I ask Alicia is there anything more that you want to say or like claim the storyline because you picked it and then I think I kind of ran away with it a little bit so I, tell I us think I kind of went off on my hatred of Quinn um I stand by every word um but no I think I agree I think it's a story. It's one of the storylines that when I think of season seven, I remember and it stands out. And even though it was quite short, I think it was really, it was impactful because it just did just seem so cruel. I thought the actors had really good chemistry. You could see it was like this almost innocent romance. They saw their whole lives ahead of them and it was kind of ripped away. And I think the actress who plays Sarah was also quite good. Um, and so I thought, yeah, I completely agree where they did a really good job in kind of pulling you in and telling that story all in one episode and taking you kind of through the, the wave of emotions. It, it does kind of, it lasts, I think. And there are, without, wouldn't call it a spoiler, I feel like there are things which undermine it um, that happen um, down the line. But I, I think, and I think that is more annoying because of how good I think this storyline in this episode was. Hmm. Nice. Cool. What's your what's your prediction, Dom, for I mean we haven't I don't know if we've finished Quinn. Should we finish Quinn just quickly and then you can predict for both of them? I mean I don't think there's really much else. She was kind of she was supportive to Haley and Nathan just kind of within the house. She went and watched in her room rather than, you know, to give them a bit of space. And then she was knocking for Clay at the end and he said you should go and you should go back to David um, mm. because he's uh, grieving. And I know, Dom, you always say these things come down to communication. You know, he could say, hey, I'm grieving the loss of my wife and I'm not looking to be in a relationship right now. But also it's, hard, it's a hard thing to say, right? Yeah, yeah I think it's slightly different uh, with, like in this situation as well because I think with other things where they don't communicate properly it's it's normally something stupid that's happened or some kind of ridiculous element but for him i, I think it's also uh like look I ha i've had this trouble and i i don't want your pity uh, and I, I, I don't want you to feel sorry for me and i think that's what he's trying to avoid and maybe that's part of the path of sleeping with all these women and stuff is that it's not a pity party and it's not oh i feel sorry for you so i'm doing it for that reason you know maybe he's trying to boost his self-confidence or something like that but it hasn't worked and it's not having the desired effect and i think if he says to quinn at the moment now i think he will eventually but i think if he says to her look my this is the situation my wife died you know we were absolutely head over heels in love but that that kind of journey's ended and i really struggle with it um and that's you know i, I kind of briefly opened up to you about the work situation and like my kind of mental state and this is why um 
and the reason I said things to you like you should go back to David is is to kind of put that distance because I was worried about forgetting about her I think that will he will say that eventually or like along those lines um but yeah I think there's just that general concern for the, the, she's only interested in me out, out of pity or she feels sorry for me and I don't want that um you know so yeah I, I've I think we've all kind of hit the nail on the head with kind of his storyline and 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 how it's portrayed and brought across to the audience as well so yeah it's it's not easy to do and like you said these things are scary it's scary that someone can just fall down and that's it they don't get back up again and so do you think they're going to end up together um i think eventually i think it's going to take time i think he's going to be one of those people that's like oh yeah i'm going to like settle here now and stay in tree hill forever and this is where i want to be and i think they'll probably be like mates for a little while and like just be good friends and then i think it will develop into something more i think that seems likely just to touch on that a little bit more i think it's also that with the conversation with quinn saying to go back to david i think as much as it's also poor communication i also think it's that he doesn't want her to be around as much as we kind of gone through this thing of him giving himself permission, he's still kind of saying, no, I don't care. I don't actually want her to be here. So I don't want to give her the reasons that might make her stick around and try and support me. I want her to go. Uh, mm. But yeah, uh, apart from that, I think we've, yeah, we've, we've addressed quite, quite nicely. I kind of agree with everything everyone said. Nice. Okay, well, where where next, Alicia? You're you're the captain of the ship right now. Oh, do we go? Um, yeah, let's let's you know what let's 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 go into uh, the the show from uh, Mr. Scott. Yes, redemption. Yes. <laughs> Can I just say what I did like about it, which I thought One Tree Hill does do some of these little clever, like connecting the scenes. You know, it's like the style of. The character, the last word the character said in one scene is the first word the next character says in the next scene to kind of like connect it. Not that they did that particularly in this episode, but I like that the commercial breaks were the commercial breaks from Dan's show. You know, like the join us back after these messages and then it would like cut to the next, you know, to where the ad breaks would have been. I thought they were all really nice touches. But Dom, break it down for us, man. Come on, this was I watch. I watched the watch along back to watch your reactions, and it was so good. Like I could tell you was enjoying it. I mean, as <laughs> ridiculous as it is, it's an enjoyable <laughs> thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have Renee, and uh, she's invited to the show, and she has a conversation with Dan, and it. She finds out the show is going to be live and she's like, I didn't know it's going to be live. And she's, you know, panicking about it. But there's they have a, like a brief conversation before that about Nathan. And um, she, she kind of asks why Nathan doesn't talk to him anymore, doesn't like him. Because has Rachel had a conversation with her yet? By that mm. point, I'm not sure. Either way. Um, and she's like, oh, why doesn't he talk to you? It's like, oh, because I <laughs> like murdered his uncle basically uh amongst other things as well that's the like, best the best line so good. Well, i murdered his mon- his uncle among other things it's yeah. so like throwaway <laughs> like yeah a couple other things don't worry about it yeah and then she's like so wide-eyed and like oh my god what what have i signed up for here um and she does have like that kind of cutaway conversation with rachel and she's 
being her usual manipulative self um uh and just building up to the the the, the main you know element of of the show which is doing the slide detector test um so we're gonna we're basically is introducing her find out that she you know you were a cheerleader you were a prom queen you were yeah, hostess in a nightclub like um and she's like there's no nudity i thought that line was just out of nowhere just like what the fuck she's like there's no nudity it's like oh, it's okay my wife was a stripper <laughs> some nudity you know like what what's happening here i don't understand where did it come from i guess it's like also <laughs> i don't know like um you know like hooters right in america not there's not nudity there but i guess she was trying to be like it's not place where it's where she's being overly sexualized right Smutty. i guess it's just right rather than <laughs> oh god did i ever, have i ever mentioned on this podcast that i once stayed at the hooters casino yeah i think so probably a few times mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, living back in those dreams <laughs> terrible what was we think i was like 19 or 20 i think i mean it just no no yeah, I think we actually just stayed there because it was cheap. But um, <laughs> sure, blackjack was good. Oh yeah, sure. was, yeah. there anyway. for the owls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no nudity. I'm Renee. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, keep going. Well, uh, as the lie detector is then so we have one of those moments as like explanation of who this person is and tell us about um what happened well four months ago i went to this party and you slept with this person who's got you pregnant and you know there's this whole denial yeah this is all happening so there's a big build up to the story so the audience are really getting a feel for what's going on and this nba star is my son and there's all that kind of feeling and sentiment to it and i sort of think i was thinking at this point like this is, I, I really hope this is building to be redemption. It's the whole point of the show. I really hope this is building to be, I'm on your side, son. I hope you're watching. Don't worry. I've got your back. But I, there was a moment where I just wasn't sure, especially when we get fitted with the lie detector. And it's like, is your name Renee? Yeah, yes. True. Is this, is, you know, are you this or whatever? True. Is this happening? True. It, did you sleep with um nathan scott and is that his baby yes true oh dun 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 like big shocker moment and then you see like quinn she's like looking at pictures of david and remembering how wonderful he was and watching the telly at the same time and Haley and nathan don't give a shit you know crazy craziness and he also dan also says at one point and i believe you yeah. you know it's like really and i think that's the moment that then Haley. He's saying to Nathan, it's a nice day outside. Let's go outside. <laughs> let's, like, go that's not... let's go for a walk before I find out you fathered someone else's child. <laughs> this isn't looking good right now. I'm thinking of cutting the cable TV, maybe no internet for, I don't know, ever. Ever. <laughs> Just. Yeah. Let's send Jamie the skills to like avoid him watching TV and leave him there forever as well. Because, you know, we don't really care about being parents to him anyway. <laughs> but then... He puts the lie detector on himself. Yeah. And he is the president and he is Santa Claus. And it was all coming up true. And it was all about trying to catch her out, read her body language. And that's that's kind of what he says, isn't it? It's like, here's a picture of you and your eyebrows are 
curved or whatever he says. Yeah. Narrowed. Don't know. I think they're just <laughs> could you imagine on that like, way, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, could you imagine? Your eyebrows are, they need doing. Have you heard of <laughs> HD brows? They're semi-permanent, but then they fade, you know? Fredding. Have you heard of fredding, Rene? Like, it's like your eyebrows, fucking terrible. You're on TV, love. Her eyebrows are lovely. I'm sure they're fine. I can't picture her eyebrows. And just picture her with the rain body spray. Wait, can we talk about that? There's, a, there's the bit where, like, oh, you, you know, you flirted with him and he flirted back. Did he? Like, as in, okay, it's like a, you smell nice. Oh, it's the rain body spray. Like, like how, what percentage of that is flirtation? It's not like it's rain body spray. I, I have that, some. Do you want me to spray you with it? Like, it's very, it's not that's a bit all- of a. That's all part of the lie, though, isn't it? It's all part of the lie. He didn't flirt back because that's right. all part of her. Uh, it's all part of her existing lie, and it's Dan going. You flirted with him. He flirted back. Oh yeah, that happened. And then you went up to a room, and then he, you know, impregnated you. That's kind of like <laughs> that's Jesus kind of what Christ. he's leading up to, isn't it? Birds <laughs> uh, um, and the bees. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, kids. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all part of the lie. Okay, so we're saying that that wasn't. Right, so Alicia, you say that you didn't think that that was him flirting. I think it could be taken either way, because it's almost this debate that I think Haley raised in an early episode. It's almost like putting yourself in awkward situations, and could he have shut it down? It's obvious that she's flirting with him, um, and could he have said, "I don't know, could he have just shut it down?" She's like, "Thank you," and move on. Was he entertaining it? I don't think he was actively flirting with her, but I think Nathan is a sort of flirt. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I, don't, I think, cause, let's go back to like Nanny Carrick. The man doesn't shut shit down. He doesn't learn his lesson. <laughs> That's true. What Let he me... should have done then is arms around the ladies. Oh, you smell nice. Get fucked. <laughs> Just screamed in her face. Just get I'm, fucked. I'm married. How dare you? This is also the nuance, though, that celebs and athletes face. Because it's like, if you do that, then that's a story in of itself. Like, you can't just go around, but then someone else might get the wrong impression. They're already coming on. So, like, it's, it's, I don't think he did anything wrong, is my point. But there's a level of ambiguity that without seeing what happened, without knowing Nathan as a character, then yeah, that comment could be construed as flirting. Um, I don't think I don't yeah, think he was true. intentionally flirting, but I also think the man has a problem. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. It could be it could be interpreted in that way. Um, have you seen the thing that Keanu Reeves does, where if you see him in pictures, he's never actually touching mm-hmm. the people. He puts his arms up, but he leaves a gap so that no one could ever say that oh he inappropriately touched me or he whatever it's like so and it's so sad because and obviously he's like known as being one of like the nicest people isn't he like in hollywood or whatever but yeah i mean it's because i mean i'm sure that we know that there are celebrities that are and have been like that and have abused their power and i mean hey we're not that he was exactly a celebrity but i mean one tree hill creator was someone that abused power and in situations and you know, whatever, 
you know we know all of this stuff but uh yeah it sad very sad but he but he wasn't he wasn't doing it was he but he yes it could have been interpreted to have to have been yeah no, i think he's just being friendly as we get problems here we get a lot of requests it's easier to do it and move on um and you don't expect someone to then make up concoct this whole lot do you so we're also viewing it from the lens of all these things that have happened and what he maybe could have done to protect his family that he didn't do but it's like in that moment it's like yeah hindsight is twenty twenty. but in that moment he wasn't actually doing anything wrong. he wasn't trying to engage her he was just being friendly mm. and if it if that happened again now he'd act differently yeah i i, I think like jumping back to uh, like the Dan moment and when he's explaining it, I think I think it's fair. You know, there's there might have been a, a little bit of flirting, fair enough. But I think Dan is kind of saying it for effect more than anything. Like, oh, this happened and then this happened and then this happened, um, and in a contract year, and like he brings up all of these points because it, then he kind of throws it back at her and is like, well, actually, this is the case. And the I believe you, and you know, you wouldn't lie, and you're a trustworthy person, aren't you? And mm-hmm. he puts all of those things in because it's really eating away at her, and you can see it's really, really like affecting her. I think I knew, like, I, I had my suspicions, but when he put the lie detector on himself, I was like, okay, he's he's going to catch her out now. This is this is how he's going to do it. Like, some, well, like within this moment, he's going to catch her out. So I was, I was very impressed by it. <laughs> And I, I love the moment when she says, I don't want to do this anymore. And he says, and you don't have to. Because that's the moment it could have been taken as, I don't want to do this interview anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And he do- he doesn't hesitate. He's just like, you know, you, you don't have to, as in you don't have to hold up this facade anymore. You mm. got scared. You needed money. <laughs> the, the line that I did find kind of not funny, but, well, yes, yeah, funny. When he's like, you were at that party. And you did have sex, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, it might have been that she got impregnated, impregnated at another time within that week or couple of weeks. But it's like, no, you were at that party and you did have sex, didn't you? And um, yeah, and he just breaks her down. And he's like, you never had sex with Nathan Scott, did you? And she says, no. And we get it. It's such a good moment. And, and it kind of goes to the point of, oh, yeah, Dan like he de- he does have a way when he's not murdering his brother of coming <laughs> through on things like this you know with basically since that time since season 4 anyway of um like beyond the the murder of redeeming himself with things like with nanny carry twice right he saved Jamie twice from that Mm, well he got kidnapped himself the second time didn't he <laughs> first time he strangling her in the motel room the second time he was the victim deb, deb saved the day he's still right? he was one who yeah. shot i mean he, wasn't he yeah he finished oh yeah typical man that was <laughs> yeah i have a question yeah okay because I Dom's alluded to the fact that over the course of the lie detector um, thing, he kind of had a little bit of doubt. When you were watching it, let's go back to the first time, did you ever think Nathan had cheated? Oh, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't think he'd had, but I can definitely remember being surprised by this. Like, I thought that Dan... I didn't realise Dan was 
twisting it round to Nathan's defense. I remember being so like, I didn't even see it coming. I didn't know, like being so impressed by the show, like it completely had me. And I can only speak for myself, but I would imagine a lot of people find this to be a highlight of the later seasons because of because of that moment. What was your experience of it, Alicia? Do you remember if you were if you thought Nathan had cheated and what you thought of this reveal? Um, it, it's similar in that I was kind of convinced he hadn't, and then as the line of text thing happened, I was like, oh shit, maybe he did. Um, and then quickly that got turned around, and it became more of a Dan is still in Nathan's corner no matter what, and that to some degree has that has never really changed. Um, I also think it's a credit, it's almost a weird credit to, to Nathan as a character, as I think probably most fans didn't think he would. Like, he's just, he's not that guy um, at the end of the day. So, I, yeah, I think, I thought it was, it was a good suspenseful moment, but it becomes more about Dan putting through for Nathan than actually, and the relief for Nathan the family, but then actually being a reflection of Nathan's character. I th- do you think, like Nathan says, he spent his whole life pushing me to get me into the NBA and now he's going to take it away. Um, I, I think he's continuing that, that kind of legacy, isn't he? It's like, I've worked so hard to get you where you are. I'm not going to let this this person ruin it. And I'm, you know, I'm going to treat her with respect and stuff, but I'm going to call her out and I'm going to prove that it um, has nothing to do with you. And yeah, absolutely right. And even in Clay's story, there's like um, Sarah is saying when, they, when they're in one of the flashbacks, don't go with this, you know, American football geezer because he's not a nice person. He's not a good person. You need people that are good people and that's who you should be representing because it's a, it's a good reflection of you as well because you're a good person. And I, I I think that, you know, Dan kind of recognises that as well and it's just like, I, I need to make sure that, that this is exposed so that my son can continue to, you know, work on his career. And, you know, it, it mentioning it's, you know, you knew because uh, we start to get all the pieces that were then all put together you know clay saying yeah sure i'll take your picture but you, you know don't um uh, like i can't remember what he says exactly but he mentions the the 20 you know he's going to sign for 20 million this year or whatever you know so it's a it's, big yeah, year contract year and stuff so don't make it look too sexy because we've got yeah. uh that'll cost us 20 million or something like that that's it and that's kind of like the the trigger point for her then is like okay well well I, I guess the next day when uh or like when later down the line when she finds out she's pregnant she's like that's that's the trigger point i remember that that that's kind of happened but i actually thought it would have been an interesting twist if clay was the father if he was on that mm-hmm. self-destructive um path by that point he's doing a lot of drinking trying to forget um t- you know, pretending to be this kind of playboy and it ends up being his kid um, but I guess I, I kind of figure that we're going in a different direction and it was a different person altogether. There was a lot of shrugging happening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we need a sound for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Well, but before we get to the end of getting your prediction for Dan and Haley and Nathan that kind of sums them up um Haley and Nathan sort of off to the in the sunset or in the garden actually you know just 
the pressure's off and Rene is going to do a retraction or, or whatever it is. But on Dan's side, he's in his dressing room at the end. He's talking with Rachel and Rachel's saying, how, you know, how did you know? Or team of experts, you know, that was a good one. And he says with his shirt open, showing the scar over his mm. chest, saying, uh, well, it takes a con man to see a con man or something like that. A con artist to see a con artist. And there we have it. So, Don, what did you make of that? I... Well, there's the, the I, I love you, and he's like, yep, <laughs> you know, kind of moment as well. But I think she's done that, she did that to him previously, a couple of episodes ago, where he was like, oh, I love you, and she's like, mm-hmm. and she just sort of walks <laughs> off, being the irritating worm that she is. Um, but then we have <laughs> the scar. I don't really, like, the, 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 the it's, n- it's not explained. He has, so he's obviously had a heart operation. Um, well, remember the whole thing of the show is the clock is counting down how much further, you know, when is he going to die? Because Yeah, exactly. Like his heart has just continued and has carried on. So he's like living this huge lie. And this huge lie is that he's obviously had a heart operation. Like if he's had a transplant, how is he? Because it would be, it would be, there'd be record of it. There would be someone that would say like, no, nah, fuck that. I saw him have a transplant. That dog, 100%, he's taken that dog's heart and gone, fuck you, it's mine now. Poor dog. <laughs> Save the dog. Haven't they... That, no, am I making this up? This is going to be a really stupid thing I said. Haven't they done things where they've tried animal organs in humans? I think Haven't they pig, tried that? Pig hearts? Pig, yeah. pig like heart. Pork, they've tried. I don't know if they've actually done like a full pig heart into a human. But I think there are some mm. things that are like bits of organs or like valves like a heart valve could be taken from like an animal and i should i mean i should caveat this with um this is me from the school of Grey's anatomy so this may not be true <laughs> hey we're all people here that graduated from tree hill high all of our education is messed up but i, I it makes me feel funny i mean oh, it would make me feel funny to have a human heart like to be trapped i mean i would do it if i'm i'm gonna die you know i'd get over it but um to have an animal part i don't know how i'd feel about that if it was my dog mate the theory is that i guess we 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 just as a society care less about animal life than we do humans so people are kind of like oh well here's a new business that we can uh, this is maybe a bit overly cynical but perspective if we can save a human life over an animal life that's that's the choice that's not fair i'm sure peter will, will, will comfort everyone um but anyway. you just changed simon's mind completely no well i just I'm watched just... it happen watched him go yeah fair enough okay i won't take the heart <laughs> well i mean i'm vegetarian anyway and have been for like 14 15 years but uh I mean, I, mean, I would take the heart from the animal any day of the week if I needed it. So as much as I was just saying that, that was in theory what others would say. I'm a bit more cruel. Alicia's like, I take the heart and then eat the rest of it when I <laughs> wake up again. <laughs> put that, put the rest, put the rest in the fridge. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get that. I'm gonna make a sandwich tomorrow. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Dom, would you have any qualms taking like a pig heart? If it's going to work, maybe it'll be all right. But you know what? I, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? Give it a go. <laughs> I mean, if my if my current one is broken, then that one's not going to do me any extra harm, is it? Would you take mine? Like if I yeah. was if I'd <laughs> yeah, be like yeah. straight up. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Would you I'll prefer to know the person whose heart you're taking? Uh, At least you know, like, oh, well, he didn't wow. smoke. Then they're dead. Drank a little bit. <laughs> what What we need to really yeah. understand is, if, is there any sort of transference of soul? Is it based in the heart? Do we, you know, if if I take your heart, do I take on, you know, some of your sensibilities? You start crying yeah. at films uncontrollably. Start, start crying at films and then going, call me fucking Colonel now. <laughs> just at just, random people. <laughs> just at like your mum and stuff at the dinner table. Just got her like, in a headlock, you know. <laughs> Can you pass the salt? Get over here. Yeah, come here. <laughs> fucking R. White's lemonade everywhere. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, dear. Good. I think we solved it. Yeah. We've done it. I will take you a heart and a heartbeat. Lol. <laughs> I know you hate that. <laughs> the I, worst one is lols with a Z at the end. But yeah, Lollas. I, I have a question that will inevitably lead to more shrugging. If Dan's heart operation was not done, let's say, legitimately through the correct sources, because he had so many problems trying to get one through the, from them anyway, um... Whose is the heart? I had jokes about the dog. I had jokes that he's star whiteies. Whose is the heart? I don't understand how he's acquired heart. Is it? Is there someone in a bathtub of ice missing organs and he's taken one? You know what I mean? Basically, he's frozen and just had it in case he ever needs anything to and then... Could you imagine he had Keith's heart? That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd but it made so but it made him like the nicest character. Yeah, it balances him out. Mm. Or Jimmy's heart. No, Jimmy shot himself oh. in the chest. Gosh, yeah. He's got a hole in it, a big hole in it. Mm. Bless him. Who haven't we seen? We haven't seen Jonkle Deb? Fergie for a while. <laughs> yeah. Deb. Deb's Deb. disappeared. Yeah. Ka- Karen. Andy. Yeah. W- Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lucas, he had a crap heart as well, yeah, to be fair. Quite, so, yeah, <laughs> what's, this, what's the fucking point? <laughs> put a shit one in for a shit one. So stupid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, can you give us some predictions? What do you think is going to happen with Dan, Nathan, Haley, And then we've got to talk about the soulless storyline between, uh, between Brooke and Julian. Yeah. Uh, well... Uh, I can't help but feel that the Dan Hart situation is now going to be the, the the bigger story. So there, there might be something that comes from that now. Or Rachel being the, the worm, as I explained, that she is, might exploit that now. Because we didn't get from Rene what we wanted. He could have rigged the show, essentially, to say, you know the, the the child is yours true and and left it as that and gone it's you know we've done the lie detector test it's true this baby belongs to nathan scott it's okay son you can come on the show and talk to us about how you've you know 
um, cheated on your wife and all this and, and really made something of it and ratings could have gone through the roof and this could have happened and that could happen and Rachel would have been like oh so great because you know you're, you're throwing your son under the bus and you know you're doing it for the money and that's all she's ever in anything for is for some sort of gain for herself like this financial gain um because she's not a good person so i can't help but feel that because this path hasn't gone as expected and she wasn't included and he's now saying like "Mm -hmm," to the whole i love you stuff and he doesn't seem convinced by her anymore um and her like trying to put in this rift between nathan and him as well being like he doesn't even talk to you so you're like doing this show is fine and she's really tried to cause prison so i don't know whether she's now suddenly going to turn and go well i'm going to tell people you've got this heart and kind of blackmail him in some way because she is that vindictive she is that evil and she is a money grabbing bitch so i, I think there's a, a slight element of that that's that's going to come from all of this now i don't know when that might be later down the line but i think we need some sort of there has to be some kind of I don't know, like adversity to people like finding out how he got the heart. Well, he, he's not even supposed to have it. So I think she's going to blackmail him and saying, well, I'll tell people. And he's going to be like, don't do that. It'll ruin the show kind of thing. So, yeah. I I would Is also, any- I do have a thought. Yes. On relation. I'd also going to call out to Chuck right now and ask if he can put Rachel's head on Earthworm Jim's body. <laughs> Like, you know, on the suit, I think it would be a perfect Photoshop for the nice. worm analogy. She um, is a worm. But, yeah, we'll find out, baby. We'll find out. I don't know. Are we not going to say nothing? See. <laughs> but it's good predictions. Yeah. I think Renee will probably just float away and disappear. You know, she might appear again once or twice, maybe apologize to Nathan, Haley, maybe not punch her in the face this time, but want to. And then maybe fade away. I think I don't know whether Rachel's going to cling on to her at all, but she doesn't really have any use, unless it's like, oh, whose baby is it? And we'll exploit that, you know, I'll follow that path. But yeah, I think I think maybe that's kind of the end of Renee or close to the end of Renee. Um, yeah, uh, I think, think uh, Haley and Nathan and Haley and Nathan are the two most violent people in Montreal. Well, I mean, bar Dan, take Dan out of the equation, and like you know, they love a little punch and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they love getting yeah. in a brawl. <laughs> I'll walk away. <laughs> so true, so true. Well, yeah. I think like that they, they had their brief moment just to just to talk about Nathan and Haley. They had Haley had the. She said something, and Nathan was like, "I'm so glad you said that." And she's like, "I'm glad I said it too." And I was just like, "Oh, that's a bit weird." I just I thought it was a bit weird, but I understand the reason why they didn't watch the show. And then when it's all kind of going well from them, it's like, oh, thank God it's finally over. And he's like, I shouldn't have been drinking. I shouldn't have done that. And she was like, kind of said the good thing. And she was like, but you're still young. You have to remember how young we are. And you are still young. You know, you're like 17 for fuck's sake. So, you know, it's fine to do these things. But no, they they are really young. They're like, let's say they're what 24 by this point, maybe mm. 25. So, mm-hmm. you know, they are still young. And, you know, she's right. She makes a very good point. So, like, I think, I think fair enough. I thought, I thought she kind of ended it on a good note there, you know, and and supportive. And she obviously had those trust issues in the last couple of episodes, but understandably. Um, 
and they're back on a path of being this really sort of firm unit. That that's like the Haley that we've been missing. That sort of grounded a bit what you know why a bit wiser beyond her years kind of mm. character and it is unfair for her to have to be that all of the time because it's implying that well she should have to be the sensible one and nathan can be the reckless one and i'm not trying to say that um but i'm just saying that it felt in line with her character and it was nice to see and i completely agree with you dom i feel it's such a good sentiment of hey yeah we're young we're we're gonna make mistakes i guess the difference is is that when he makes a mistake it's in public because he's famous <laughs> and a famous yeah. sports person and that is really difficult for people to navigate when they're young because we know that frontal lobe doesn't come in till their mid-20s sometimes a bit later you know it's all circumstantial individual um consequential thinking's not there egos desires you know, people moving out of and acting out of different things, unconscious in some ways, unaware, happens. It, it will be interesting to see who, which one of them says you should thank Dan. Like, is is Haley going to be like, you should thank Dan, you should, you know, talk to him. Or is Nathan going to go, I should thank Dan. And how are they going to rope Jamie into it? Like, oh, you know, Jamie, you should trust grandpa a bit more grandpa dan because he did this for us and yeah he murdered someone but he's kind of looked out for us recently and then <laughs> re like do you know what i mean but like sort of reintroduce jamie into his life somehow you know and maybe jamie figures out that rachel's like worming on him <laughs> and tells grandpa dan and grandpa dan's like well okay let's kill rachel and that's the end of rachel ladies and gentlemen everyone wins well yeah. let's get into our final the final bit that bit that we haven't touched which was the most pointless soulless <laughs> stupid part let's just call it what it is with brooke and julian julian i really like brooke well and they're just like what they're, they're having conversations about nothing about things that happened ages ago that mean nothing it literally could be one sentence brooke saying you said once you didn't want to marry me oh I don't know what I was saying. I'd love to marry you. Um, you know, I was just put off because my dad was there and, you know, the dynamics between parents and children aren't, or not children, father and son is complicated and I've got a complicated relationship. I just didn't mean it. The end. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Alicia, what, what did you think? I don't care for their storyline, if I'm being honest. I think... It's, it's another case of let's give a couple relationship drama for just for the sake of having drama. Um, I think Brooke's being a bit, I, th I think, I think Brooke has a lot of issues that she hasn't resolved, a lot of insecurities. So I can, I can see how someone would behave that way. That doesn't mean I enjoy watching it. Like, I think it's actually, it's quite... There are a lot of people who I think who could behave that way and who approach situations and not have a frank conversation and let things build and that I think is, is human, but it's just it's not a fun thing to watch, particularly from a character who you think has had growth. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. It just felt regressive. What what did you think, Dom? Yeah, I really struggled with this part of the, the whole episode because I, I i couldn't really understand like i understand uh, her issue and the previous issue with like this discovery of alex being naked and in, in present in front of um i was gonna call him jason julian 
um and uh, and and him not disclosing that bit of information but you know he's kept away from her he's trying to say like it's a working relationship that's all it will ever be to me I, I love you I love you more than anything and you're my forever person and it seems like no matter how much he says that she's like she appreciates it but doesn't quite hear it and it's just like oh we said it in the kitchen now we're sitting on a bench or we're on the bench first and now we're in the kitchen either way around it's just like a loop and it's just it's just a bit boring isn't it really and what I didn't understand is, just like, you don't want to get married because you said this to your dad. I do want to get married. I want to marry you. Well, I wrote this thing about, like, in the sand, like, will you marry me? And then I washed it away because you were going to go to New Zealand or whatever. You were excited about it. Okay, well, should we get married? Do you want to get married? No, I don't think I want to get married right now. <laughs> okay, well, what do you want to fucking, do you want to marry me or not? Like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Like, it's just, it's so fucking confusing. It's so confusing. And it's like, when he... I, I think he came out of Sam's room as well. Huge doorway for a massive head. But I, I thought that was good because he should have been sleeping on the couch, but chose to sleep in the spare room. So like integrity move, my friend. Well done. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I just found it all very difficult to, to sort of pay attention, to be honest, because it's like make a decision, Brooke. Just like kind of decide what you want to do. Like, do you know what? I, want, I, I just want to kick you out for a little bit. Just, just go. I don't want to be with you, like near you for a little while. Just, I, I kind of want to miss you, to like and have that feeling back. And then when I miss you, I'll, I'll like I'll bring you back into into my life and kind of trust you again. But she has got such deep trust issues that um, you know probably stem from her parents just not being present or you know dropping her, you know like that you know without a second's thought. Um, that she's worried that he's going to do exactly the same. You know, Lucas was the, the first boy that she proper loved and he cheated on her with a best friend. So there's all sorts that, that, that must be going through her mind. Um, but I don't know how much more he can do and how much more patience he has to kind of, you know, say, you're, you're my forever person and keep saying it. So, the one thing I'd say yeah. in defence of Brooke, and actually, look, before I say that, can you remind me where we are with Alex? In t- what so just happened? She, she, um, she has been kind of trying to sort herself out. Has been told off by Brooke and been like, "You had this opportunity to do something great, and you've just acted like this total div, and you're just like everyone else, and you had a chance to break the mold and kind of stop all these rumors that people make up about you and blah blah blah." So she was like writing good stuff and being, you know, useful. Uh, and then there was admittance to her kind of stripping off in front of him and him being like, whoa, 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 and leaving. And then it was like, you're on the couch and you're fired. So she's fired at the moment. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, in, in defense of Brooke, things have happened where, again, mm. Julian could have could and maybe should have shut things down earlier and he didn't do that so i think she is like as much as she has prior past trust issues that she's bringing to the table he has done things that rightfully cause her to lose trust in thinking that he is her person and have her validly questioning whether they can actually work in the long term if this is how he's behaved or behaving or has behaved now regardless of alex maybe being more of the villain in this scenario, Alex doesn't really owe Brooke anything. 
yeah, sure, she should be a good person, but she doesn't. It's Julian who has the responsibility to Brooke. Um, so I think there's an. I actually really like Alex, but she's a villain, but I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> I think in this context, I can see like it's frustrating because, again, it feels like drama that shouldn't necessarily be happening. And what we know of Julian's character, it doesn't feel like this is what he would actually do. And then because of that, now Brooke is doing things that she probably would have already grown out of a while ago. A lot of their relationship has been kind of getting over these past issues. So it feels like regression. But I, I, I do think as much as Julian can be like, maybe he may not have the patience for it. He is also the person who has probably done the most well. Yeah, I, I, I think we may have mentioned something like a few episodes ago, which is like that he could do more. He, you know, and like he definitely could have said to Brooke a lot earlier on, like she keeps doing this, and mm. like I'm, I'm really struggling with it, and Brooke go and smack her in the mouth or whatever, and and kind of move on. But um, yeah, I, I think I think you're definitely right that he's he's absolutely culpable, and the fact that you made a really really good point with Alex doesn't owe her anything. I think that's a really good point, and this is all in Julian's lap. But uh, I do think. Um, he, he's he's also been quite good at saying to Alex most of the time stop doing that I, you know this is that's, that's not the right thing to do it's not the way I work it's not the way I do things I, I don't care who you've worked with before and how they did things that's not how I do it um, but she's continuously pushing him to that limit um, which yeah he hasn't handled in the right way but I guess he's made trying to make up for that now i suppose i agree with all of those points from both of you and i just think that and julian definitely could have done more and it probably stems from like the lucas payton triangle and all of that stuff like where her insecurities come from it's just more that we've already covered most of this stuff it just felt like to use your word dom it just felt like filler Mm. for no read just because well they're contracted to be in the episode we've got to give them something to do let's film a couple scenes and throw it in and it's just like well, we'd just yeah have them doing something else just show them <laughs> on a bike ride or something like let's just move it did, on it did kind of feel like exactly that contractually they have to be in this amount of time of the episode and they're two like major scenes they were doing the same thing yeah but it didn't really it wasn't any different and the conversation was exactly the same so yeah i think you're right there it's just like let's just get him doing that because actually the other two storylines are much more interesting let's go with that yeah well that's uh as the clock is ticking down like it is on dan's heart heart <laughs> in hyphenated brackets let's move into our judgments and if we miss anything within our roundup we'll get to it there but before we do that if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and how could you not? Then check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through. Hoops. But Alicia, they also go through. Let's. Ravenshoops.net. That's our Patreon. You can actually join there for free. Did you know that, Dom? You could pay nothing and be a member. The only problem with that is, is we don't make anything <laughs> accessible to people that don't pay. <laughs> yeah. Pay up or get out. Tell them, Dom. Pay up or get out. No, we're joking. Well, we're not. That's actually the rules. So, moving on <laughs> to our judgments. Alicia, who was your favourite performer of this episode? Um, I'm going to give it to um, Amanda Shaw, who plays Sarah. Um, because I just think for a character, for someone to come in and have that presence 
she has a good presence on screen um, with a meaty storyline that I remember. So I'm, I'm giving it to her. I was impressed with her. Nice. Good choice. And you, Dom? Uh, I'm going to go for her opposite number of the episode, and it's the chap that plays Clay. I don't know his name, unfortunately. I can't remember it. Robert Buckley. Robert Buckley. I thought Robert Buckley did a very good job. Like, um, we, we see, like, the, the party side of him in this episode, and then we see the kind of distraught. We see the helping Quinn. We see that kind of conflict in his mind. I thought he did a great job and had a good... Um, counterbalance that was that was sarah as well so yeah him what about you simon i i also went for robert buckley as well he just made me feel the most so i went with him nice alicia who was your favorite character of the episode i am doubling up because i I think it's between the two of them um so clay and sarah and similarly i think performances so but i think for both i'm going to stick with sarah as the character I just, and again, I think she seems like a reasonable and nice person, and that made it more cruel when she gets torn away, and particularly when you have this counterpart Quinn that exists. Um, but I just, I really, really liked her, and I remember her, and and I think that's me coming back at it from a years-on perspective from having watched the show, but for that to stand out to me, I just, yeah, I think i got I got to give her a props as Sarah as a character. Nice. And you, Dom? I, it's too hard to see past Mr. Dan Scott uh, on this episode. So, yeah, he's the main man. Saves the day. So, yeah, be Danny boy. What about you? You were at that party and you did have sex, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep, Dan. I, I almost picked him as performer <laughs> as well just because I loved yeah. him so much. I had him written down and then I, I changed it on my second watch. <laughs> It's just so, it's so good. I mean, it's me want to go put his jacket on right now, but I won't because I'm hot. Uh, <laughs> Alicia, who's your favourite background performer? One line or less. Oh, man. I think there was something I'd forgotten to clock. One of the kids who jumped into the water. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's a good, good choice. Dom? Uh, in my notes, I have lad in the green t-shirt that flips over the barrier into the river. Yeah, there you I, go. That's, what I was that's thinking my about. one. There you go. And what about you, Simon? Uh, a sad moment. But I had the paramedic, the first paramedic. Oh, there was God. two, I think, that came in. Well, they had a job to do. God, they worked hard. You know, they did their best. They're call it. The... <laughs> After two minutes, call it. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> Kevin. We, it took us a while to get here. We probably shouldn't have hit that McDonald's drive through on the way, but, you know, I really needed the wrap of the day. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. So cruel. Uh, I didn't kill her, Dom. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Alicia, who? what was your favourite line of the episode? I went with, I'm Santa Claus. From Dan. <laughs> Just nice, nice. And apparently, he plays Santa Claus in like an action film with Bruce Willis. So we need to check that out at some point. <laughs> Dom, uh, I've gone for Dan plus crowd with step into the light and get yourself right. <laughs> Sponsored by Sprite. Um, <laughs> Yours. 
I went with, well, I murdered his uncle, among other things. <laughs> Such a good line. So Alicia, what was your favourite song of the episode? Um, it was the Colby Cal- Calyx. I don't have to pronounce her name, but I won't is what it's called. Um, I think it's just, it was actually just the only the song like, the only song I recognised, um, and I think I heard it from Montreal. So I thought I've got to yeah give it props there. Is that the song that's right at the beginning? It's about midway through. Um, I'm trying to remember what scenes okay. it plays over. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, I can't Is it? I'll, I'll Google it and I'll report back. One sec. Continue. Else. Okay. Dom? Well, funny enough, the song, the title of the episode is the song that's playing at the end. Okay. So it's because he's he sing he sings I and love and you. So it's the same. But I didn't pick that song. I picked the song at the beginning, which was Menace by Bjorn Bailey. And I thought it was a really, really nice song to sort of start off the episode. What about you, Simon? Yeah, that one, but now it's gonna sound like as if I was just copying you, but I actually had a song this time. I hadn't you looked did, it up. You 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 did say was that the song at the beginning? to alicia when she said her song okay. and i the reason i shook my head is because i knew so you did kind of already suggest you were going to pick that song so look at you getting my back like i'm nathan and you're dan scott and i'm being alleged <laughs> of sleeping and impregnating a hostess that didn't have nudity involved in her job role <laughs> there you go oh i need to download that it was good well then last but not least is the precious 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 rating. Alicia, did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation? Yes. Did it increase, decrease, or stay it the same? It stayed the same. <sighs> Dom, same questions. I have a number, and it has stayed the same. And Simon, same questions. I thought of a number right now, and I have it. <laughs> so let's say it together after three. One, two, three. Eight. 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 Yes. For clarity, everyone was an eight. I'm going to assume it was that Brooke and Julian was a trash storyline, but the rest was really entertaining. The Dan, Rene stuff, ridiculous, but so good. And then the the Clay and Sarah stuff, so sad, but well done, emotional. And then the Quinn and David stuff, a bit (laughs) annoying, but it gave us some backstory. And hey, we can't help people with their decisions. Alicia, was that basically how you felt? Would you want no, to add bang anything? Bang on. I mean, I'd be a bit negative about Quinn, but I think I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have actually been more interested in Mouth and Millie over Quinn and David, or, or, or even Brooke and Julian in this episode. So, yeah. Well, there we this go. Says a lot, there we yes. have it. Well,. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on. I love seeing you almost as much as when I saw you at the football club <laughs> last. But it's been great to catch up and see you. Um, we look forward to the next time. But before we do any of that, oh, sorry, Dom, you say your bit. No, I just, it's always wonderful to talk to you, Alicia. I'm glad you joined apprehensive for the next watch along <laughs> because you basically said it's going to be shit but i uh, always lovely to talk to you and thank you so much for joining always a thank you for having always. me <laughs> always there's a good amount of people in the waiting room so um oh, God. <laughs> but alicia before we get out of here what is dom gonna do for your amusement for the ravens chant oh um 
Can you do? You can do it all. I'm going to go with Pakistani. Oh my god, it's brave. I know. It's brave. It's a brave one to do. It's a brave one to do. It's a brave one to do. It's a brave. Okay. Uh, up to you. I'll leave that up to you. Simon is cringing. Simon's already thinking. Simon's already thinking. I'm gonna have to edit this out. <laughs> okay, I, know, I was feeling a bit too villainous. Let me get. Let me go with um, uh, Christopher Walken. <gasps> Ooh. Right, this right. Okay, we'll go from there. Simon. <laughs> yeah. I think that people are starting to throw in more impressions. My Michael Jackson one, I really upset with. I, re- I really want to like redeem myself from Michael Jackson one day because um, I thought it was really bad. I had some sort of, sort of weird southern twang. I didn't like it. I knew I was doing it at the time as well. I was like, I'm really letting myself did, down. Did you listen back to hear it? No, no, no. I could I feel know. it at the time. I could really feel it. At the time. Right, Christopher Walken. Up his ass. I was about <laughs> to say, he had the story up his ass. Yeah, he, had a, he, he died of dysentery. That's my favourite line from Pulp Fiction. He died of dysentery. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. <laughs> died of dysentery. We're going to do Ravens. Okay. More cowbell on three. <laughs> are you ready? Oh, yeah. Simon, are you ready? He died yeah. of dysentery. He had a pig. He had a pig heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, ready. ready? Okay, let's go. Ravens on three, one, two, and of course he died of dysentery. Three. <laughs> Ravens. Larry Vance. <laughs>